to that. Here's what's important, right? And there's a differentiator between results and lack of results. Faith is the foundation, but yeah. faith without works is dead, Yeah. right? Yeah. It's yeah. the action piece. So when yeah. I have on the board, replace my fear with faith, underneath yeah. it says, then act. Then act. And underneath that, then. the question then is, is are my actions yeah. in line with my intentions? Because yeah. we're all guilty of busy work, right? The yeah. 80-20 rule. We're all yeah. guilty of busy work. So, it, you know, it's a daily reflection, bro. It's a case of getting up, looking in the mirror, to thine own self be true, stepping into it. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real-life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We are super excited today because we have an amazing guest, Mr. Dave Seymour. Dave, how's it going, brother? I'm good, Abel. How are you, man? Man, I'm excellent. Thanks a lot for showing up. Thanks for giving us a few of your minutes and your time. And I'm humbled, appreciative that we have a guest like yourself and you're doing some amazing things out there. So a lot to learn from and we're super excited to have you, bro. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. And look, for those who follow you, this guy's got skills, man. I mean, you you like take a podcast and you make it a Facebook Live and you probably yeah. got some Instagram and TikTok stuff going on. So we it's, do. it's we, like, I, I wish I was more proficient or I could find the time to get the proficiency around me. You know what yeah. I mean? I think part of being a CEO is being able to delegate responsibilities and not trying to do it all. But uh, it looks like you're uh, kicking butt and taking names. So I know yeah. I'm, I'm with the right people right now, for sure. Absolutely, Dave. We're trying to do everything we possibly can to leverage time, knowledge, resources. And part of that is, as you know, I'm sure we're going to dig in here. You've yeah. been able to be excellent at the things you're great at and then leverage your team in the real estate world. So we do the same thing all the way around. So we're trying. It's a formula. It's a formula. You know what I mean? It really is. Yeah. hundred percent. And so for those listeners, let me grab you for a second. If you're watching live right now, if you don't know Dave, man, you are in for a treat because he was one of those individuals that took a 16 year career as a firefighter and then ended up doing some amazing things in real estate. And so he is a commercial multifamily real estate investor, a flipper. They did, you may have seen him or recognized his name from Flipping Boston. So, a show on AE ran for four seasons, did amazing. And he's just got one of those track records that has unmatched success in a lot of different arenas. And now they run a pretty large $100 million fund. So, let me say that number again a $100 million fund that has family offices and smaller institutions and 
also, you know, a lot of accredited investors. So people just like me and you can invest. And in these deals, he's got a lot of efficiencies. He's got a lot of learning throughout the years. And at Freedom Venture Investments, Dave is crushing it. So we are excited to learn from him. So Dave, let me turn it over to you, man, for a <laughs> In your own words, tell us about you, yourself, what you do. And man, let's just start a great conversation. Yeah, that's always a great opening line because I no offense to our Californians, but it sounds like an L.A. comment, doesn't it? Tell me all about me. Let me talk about me. My favorite subject is me. Don't <laughs> worry about you. Let me talk some more about me. It's kind of I'm not that guy for the big personality and the big the mouthpiece of the company or the brand that drives the company. I really am kind of like a private guy at times. But, you know, to your point, the story is kind of interesting. There's a gentleman out there by the name of Jack Canfield. He was the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul mm-hmm. and very yeah. heavy in personal development and, you know, being the best that you can, stepping into your own magnificence, if you will. And he said to me one time, I was at his house, I was doing a coaching session with him. And Jack said to me, he said, you know, David, your, your story is kind of biblical. He said, you know, you came from afar because I'm an immigrant to the United States. I came from England originally back in 86. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, so that's my not own. a Boston accent, huh? No, it's, it's Boston and London, a little bit of New York. It's a mess. But, you know, he said to me, it's kind of a biblical story. You overcame your own personal demons, which I'm, I've done, you know, faced my own personal challenges in life. He said, and then stepped into something that was just a magnificent fit for you. And because of that, what I do every day is passion, right? And if I'm in a passionate environment, if I'm engrossed and engaged 24-7 in my business, I'm not working, man. I mean, it's, you know, I get up and I get to play every day and serve other people. But look, my journeys, I think it's typical, but other people say it isn't. Like I said, I'm an immigrant from another country. I'm a blue-collar guy. I talk a lot about being a blue-collar guy in a white-collar world. So mm-hmm. your degrees and your Harvard education, et cetera, et cetera, doesn't impress me. What impresses me in business is authenticity, truth, transparency, commitment, follow through, execution, production, you know, and those things don't always exist in our marketplace. But, you know, I was a firefighter, like you said, 16 years, uh, just north of Boston, firefighter and a paramedic and absolutely loved what I did. Abel, I mean, the rush of frontline firefighting and paramedicine, it's an addiction. I'm not going to lie. I like the edge. I like the adrenaline that went. I like the teamwork environment. Knowing that when I look to my left and my right, that guy or girl that was standing next to me was a critical part of the success of the mission. And, you know, it was truly life or death on occasions. However, I wasn't a financial genius, <laughs> to be very honest with you. I learned very quickly in the United States of America, you can spend more money than you earn and nobody taps you on the shoulder and says that you're not allowed to do that. I didn't have any financial literacy. And the only thing I had been taught back then was if you wanted to make more money, you had to trade more time. That's what I grew up learning, right? As, yeah, as do yeah. many, Bro- yeah. maybe you as well, brother. But, yeah, you know, when I stepped into real estate investing, it was in 2008. Um, I was working or trading 120 hours every week of my time for somebody else's money. Because in America, it's great. You can work as many hours as you would like. You can get yes. as many jobs as you would like. Yes, right? you can. And you invest the way you're told to with a 401k plan. Don't deviate from the big plan that's in place. And I was doing that. And I found myself in 2008 in a pre-foreclosure situation in my primary residence. I was working in the fire department. I ran a small construction company on my days off. So I knew how to dig a ditch and, and cut a two by four and run a nail gun and a compressor and slap a little plaster around once in a while and a little bit yeah. of mud to tile. Like, you know, I've still got calluses 
from way back when, but I was the last one that got paid as the yeah. owner of that business, right? You know, and then part-time retail work just to add another couple of bucks every week. Look, without getting too dramatic and being conscious of time, I used to pray that the phone would ring so that I could work an extra 14 hours in the firehouse to make 200 bucks. Yeah. Right. 14 hours, take home pay $200. And yet if that phone rang and I was up, I was excited, right? I was next up for that. I was excited. And I look back at that today without any moral attachment to it, Abel, it's not right or wrong. It's just left or right. You know, it's understanding. So anyway, I was in a pretty rough place. I was going through a divorce and I remember sitting in my F-150 pickup truck and I still drive one today. I just leased a brand new F-150 pickup truck. It's like cars, boats, and leather coats don't impress me. It's not about (laughs) Rolls Royces and private jets. That's all a bunch of BS as far as I'm concerned. But I was in my pickup truck and I'm screaming and shouting at my guy, my higher power. And I'm like, you know, what's up, man? I've done everything the way I'm supposed to. I don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. And I was just looking for some answers. I was a beaten man and a commercial came on the radio Teach Me Foreclosure, a free one and a half hour seminar coming to your neck of the woods. (laughs) And that was a defining moment, bro, because I'd seen real estate investors come to my job sites, right? You got to imagine it's January in Boston. We're not wearing a bikini, okay? Yeah, that's cold. uh, It's cold. It's real cold. And these investors were showing up and they were warm. They were driving nicer cars. They had bigger smiles. Their teeth were wider. And, uh, (laughs) you know... I'm like, what are they doing? And then when I asked them questions, I realized something. They weren't that smart. It wasn't like a a PhD. You know what I'm saying? Get it, right? Hand to God. So that's where my journey really started. It was a moment of, I believe, to be divine intervention, as we call it. And I just went for it with a vengeance, man. Every time I heard no, I believed it was yes. Every time somebody said I can't, in my head, I said, you're a liar, I can. And, you know, yeah. I did my first transaction, second, third, fourth, fifth. My first deal was a wholesale transaction, single family flip. I made $5,000, came out of the attorney's office. And I'm like, oh, my God, I got a chick in my head. Victory, yeah. <laughs> Five grand. It felt uh-huh. illegal. Because think yeah. about it. It took $200 for 14 hours. And yeah. now I got a check for five grand in my hand and I maybe worked six. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, I was waiting for five O to roll up and, and take me away. But anyway, I got recognized as one of the top distressed real estate investors in Massachusetts. I became aligned with the attorney general's office, worked yeah. directly with Martha Coakley. She was our AG back in 2009-10. Aligned myself with them. I would take over assets that through the abandoned housing initiative, work alongside yep. the government agencies. Nothing better than putting Bank of America in second lean position because I'd gone in and taken over the asset, right? To bring yeah, it back online and put it on the market. That's awesome. Yep. So, you know, you get a reputation, you get traction, carried on down that journey, became an educator myself, worked in many arenas where I'd stand on stages and share systems and processes. And I'd work a lot in the personal development space as well. I personally believe that, you know, oops, let's talk about, don't you love this new one now? Now it says scam likely when the phone rings. That's so cool. We'll decline that one. <laughs> I've got um, one of the spam risk, I think. Yeah, says, right. Yeah. I, you know, I got to work alongside some some really magnificent people. I learned internet marketers. I saw what they did. I shared a stage one time with Tony Robbins, which was impressive. Yeah. You know, so the journey was amazing. And what happened was, is 
because of the TV show and being recognized, it elevated perception, right? Think about us as marketers in our business. We want to attract people. I don't want to be begging people for money. If you're begging people for money, you're pushing a donkey up a hill. It's push and pull. It, it needs to be by, by attraction, right? We work on attraction rather than promotion. So the elevation of the TV show being on CNBC and Squawk Box and CNN and network after network, and even the fluffy stuff that we did on the Today Show, you know, paying yeah, carpet. Yeah, that's Ooh, still, hey, you're, you know, you're out there, your presence, your exposure. Right, it's mm-hmm. an elevation. So, you know, that allowed a database, if you will, of investors who were interested in our message. And then that took us, you know, through the steps and the processes to where we are today. So I've been a house flipper. I've been a lender. I've been a private lender. I've run a hard money lending company. I've owned my own portfolio of cash flowing assets in D markets and C markets. So I've worked in the trenches. And then today, like you said, we're running a $100 million private equity fund that invests in multifamily assets in the Sun Belt. And now we're also doing uh, build for rent strategies. We've got six tracks of land in Florida. I'm actually negotiating a deal today, a $92 million deal for a co-GP position for some tracks of land in the Carolinas and up into Atlanta. So yeah, it started with a check for five grand, brother. And look, <laughs> and look where yeah. we are today. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, what an amazing story. There's a number of notes that I want to come back to, yeah. but at a high level, let me just say, hey, congratulations. I heard, you know, throughout, you know, the last few minutes, a story of a lot of action, Mm, uh, a lot of perseverance, a lot of persistence, and, you know, just knowing at the end of the tunnel, hey, we're going to make it happen. Not believing the naysayers or not believing somebody that told you that you couldn't do it or. Yeah, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I'm just going to prove prove me wrong. I've got a, it says on my whiteboard across from me here in my office, it always says, replace my fear with faith. All because right. as we step right, as we step into change, bro, as yeah. we mat, we morph, we change, we level up, right? I don't know about you. It's that shark mentality. If I'm not swimming, I'm dying. Yeah. And you know, change can be scary. Let's just be frank. No, I don't care who you are. I don't care how much of a tough guy or girl you are. What type of a personality you are? You know, newness is a challenge, and how we react to it, how we persevere through it, and more importantly who we lock arms with and go yeah. into that battle together is critical. So, you know, yeah. I'm blessed to have the very, very best people around me. So, yeah. you know, failure is not an option, Amen. man. It's not an Amen. option, bro. I'm, Bring I'm it on. Excited. I'm super Bring excited. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, you know, all of this, you know, I, for me personally, and I kind of hear it with you, it sounds like is, man, I'm a believer and, you know, replacing fear with faith, having God at the center for me, has allowed me to kind of just take bigger, bolder actions, uh, big steps. And I feel like I'm taking bigger risks today than ever I've taken before. But it feels like, hey, you know what? Yes, if something happens, if we fail, if we fall, if there's an obstacle or challenge, it's only going to take us one step closer towards what we actually want. And, you know, that success on the other side, it's unattainable unless you continue to drive forward and take one foot in front of the other and take a bigger action and a bigger step and a bigger move. You know, I bet you talking to you five, 10 years ago, you would have never said, Hey, I'm going to do a hundred million dollar fund. Let's go. No, right. I or have no idea. $2 million code GP spot. Yeah. Right. No. And all of the steps that you've done, you know, I bet you even on TV, when you were there, 
it's like 92 million bucks. That's a different realm, man. It's, it's just For a different sure. realm. But here's, here's, what's, up to that. here's what's important, right? And there's a differentiator between results and lack of results. Faith is the foundation, but yeah. faith without works is dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. the action piece. So when yeah. I have on the board, replace my fear with faith, underneath yeah. it says, then act. Then act. And underneath that, down. the question then is, is are my actions yeah. in line with my intentions? Because yeah. we're all guilty of busy work, right? The 80-20 yeah. rule. We're all yeah. guilty of busy work. So, it, you know, it's a daily reflection, bro. It's a case of getting up, looking in the mirror, to thine own self be true, stepping into it. And today, you know, treating every single dollar that yeah. comes into our sphere as my own, right? I'm a yeah. custodian. Yeah. I'm a custodian of other capital. I'm a good yeah, steward I'm a, of people's money and steward. capital yeah. and wherever yeah. they worked hard for it. Now we're yeah. going to help them, you know, make it work hard for them. Notice, so notice something. This is important. Notice something. You and I have just met. We're now maybe 40 minutes into our relationship. Sure. You and I have not stopped smiling at each other since we started talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think about yeah. that for a second. There are drains and there are radiators in life. There are naysayers and there are go-getters. And it's very, very quickly identifiable of who you want to align and be with. Yeah. Don't second guess it. The universe works just fine, brother. It works yeah. just fine. Yeah. And when you step into that faith and belief every day, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I'm going to negotiate a $92 million deal. And I have all the faith that it's going to work. So, Time to get yeah. it on. I love it. That's man. who I I'm, am, brother. That's I'm what, not you, what you get. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? then I know you're gonna appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're gonna show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. I'm not as concerned about our $15 million fund anymore after this conversation yeah. myself. I'm like, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Um, you know, so Dave, a couple of call outs, right? I, I have a buddy, his name's Jason Vaughn. I worked with him forever. He was one of my top sales guys, my top sales leaders. And mm. he used to have this thing where we would go out and, and this was in the professional world, W2, but we went from $5 million a year to like $57 million a year. So we had this great, you know, run in tech. And he used to say, you know what, as I look to my left and I look to my right, I want my team members to know that I did everything we possibly could. And, That's right. and when you said that, I just remembered, oh, my buddy, Jason, that was amazing just to hear it. And the way you call out, you know, the, the team part of it, it's having an amazing team to help you. And as a, myself, a smaller entrepreneur, 
I have a team, even though we're doing it, you know, I partner with other individuals. We're co-GPing. We look for and try to partner with the best possible individuals in our network. And that's the team aspect. It's like, we can all help each other. We can all win together. Something I heard about your earlier story was, you know, you weren't financially literate and no one taught us that. My parents are still working right now. They're in their seventies as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, they did instill the best possible thing they knew how to go to college, work hard, you know, get a great job. But the difference is, you know, understanding the numbers. And when you start to become financially literate, how assets are created, how our investment dollar amplifies over compounded interest over some period of time, money working for you, as opposed to you working for money, you called out trading time for money. No one taught us that either. And I would imagine a lot of our listeners, you know, are uh, number one, learning these concepts or number two, putting these concepts into play already. They're already implementing and that's why they have, you know, a different type of success. But what I want to ask you about is the small business owner shift to team member. So you said, hey, you got paid last. As a small business owner, you were hoping mm-hmm. to have your, you know, your next gigs, mm-hmm. your, whether it's contracting or flipping or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you have all these people that you're paying. When was the shift? from the small business owner, the single family world to really scale in the commercial multifamily? How did that happen? That's such a great question, man. And you know what it is? It's understanding that relationships are a currency. So I'll say that again. Relationships are a currency. Just one person. I cannot be chief cook and bottle washer, right? It's one of the biggest challenges because I don't know about you growing up. I was always told if you want something done right, you need to do it yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. What a bunch of garbage. What a <laughs> bunch of freaking yeah. garbage. <laughs> I love I love, just, I love hearing it here. Right? Dude, so the it's entrepreneur, a good reminder. It's a right? great reminder. The, the entrepreneur says, am I the smartest person in the room? And if I am, I'm in the wrong room, yeah. right? Those two components of mindset, you know, were critical in that scalability and development of my business because I began to look around and as big and as bad and as scary as I am, I don't like knocking on the door of a tenant looking for rent, right? Especially if they got a dog. I don't do dogs. You know what I mean? So, and I use that just as an example, but, you know, can I find the very best partner or property manager to manage you know, my nine unit building, my 12 unit, my four unit. Can I then have that manager be a vested partner? And what I did was, was my transition came when I went to, he was an employee at the time of our, our flipping company. And that was falling apart, personalities, whatever. But this one guy had skills that I didn't necessarily want to one, learn or two, deploy. And that was Mm -hmm. property management, dealing with tenants, just feed on the street 24 seven. I wanted to build a big business. I didn't want to do the mechanics underneath it. Yeah. So I went to this guy, Matt, and I said to Matty, I said, I've got the capital. You've got the access and the ability. Don't put a penny in there. I'll buy him cash. We'll go to the local bank. I'll build a relationship with the local bank. We'll refi out. You manage it. And we just keep rolling our money. And yeah. we did that. And it was incredibly successful. It was almost like a 600X because at the end of the day, you know, we ended up doing it with no money down because we used the bank's capital to refine these deals out. So as I saw that begin to build, I'm like, well, what's the next step? What's the scalability of it? I've always ran multiple businesses, if you will, within real estate. Yeah, I ran a yeah. hard money lending business working off of a line of credit 
with a capital company out of New York, and that was going great until COVID came along and New Mm -hmm. York no longer wanting to buy our secondary notes. I'm out of business. But, you know, to your point of looking to the left and the right, in the education space that I've been in for years, nationally, I had met the very, very best in all the components of real estate investing, whether it was lending, single, commercial, office buildings, you know, I've got that network. Mm -hmm. And that was another one of those moments of clarity where I went, you know, every one of those relationships has a monetary value. First of all, I want to find a moral and mindset, you know, connection. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to work with a scumbag. I'm not interested. Yeah. We want to work with great people. I'm good. I'm great people. You're great people. Okay. Let's figure it out. We got that piece done, right? Everybody starts at a hundred and loses points rather than starts at zero and has to gain points. Yeah. Because if everybody's at zero, it's so much work, right? Let's go to the top and work now. Yeah. So I got to a point and and it was pre-COVID and I reconnected with a gentleman by the name of Walter Novicki. And Walter is my age, you know, mid fifties. And Walter had been in real estate since 1986. He had done approximately a quarter of a billion dollars worth of transactions in the Florida marketplace where he lives down in Naples throughout his 25 year career, touching really most aspects from ground up construction, you know, single track houses for sale, land banking, land development, entitlement work, multifamily. Like if you wanted to pull the perfect partner into a company, Walter was it for the next phase, which was what we're doing today, the fund structure. So I call Walter right after COVID and I'm like, hey, buddy, how are you? He's like, okay. I'm like, what the hell are we going to do now? COVID, we're we're all going to sit at home and pray that we don't all die? I said, that's not my MO, man. What are we going to (laughs) do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he said to me, he said, look, Dave, he said, here's the thing. He said, we could, you know, get together as a company, do these onesies, twosies, syndicate these deals. He said, that's fine. You know, it's a good living. He said, or, you know, let's go big. We probably got 15, 20 years a piece left, you know, to really push it across yeah, the finish line. Let's get one we, last hurrah going. Right, let's go yeah. out with a bang. And I'm like, I like the way you talk. Now, <laughs> Walter is ex-military. He's a highly decorated officer, served that country well seeing things that a lot of people will never want nor need to see in their lives. So he knows what a true emergency is. As a firefighter and a paramedic, I know what a true emergency is. But if you put a camera on Walter, if you ask Walter to discuss an open forum company, he folds under questioning, Henry. He just crumbles down, goes bright red, right? So I looked at that and I said, Walt, look, we both got skills. Let's team up and execute. And that's what we began to do. And with that came our third business partner, a gentleman by the name of Eric Wilson, 26 years old, probably got an IQ of 10 times all of us on this call together. Yeah, one of those. He's an uh, Excel spreadsheet ninja, business we major. All need, we all need some of those. Oh, my God. This kid, just as a sidebar, this kid yeah. was hired by JP Morgan, one of the big finance companies, yeah. to program algorithms to determine market cycles and stock market fluctuations and build out yeah. new algorithms. And, and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell you did. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, what but, you're talking about, but I yeah, have a feeling you, I need you on our team to help us look at data, look at right? some metrics. What did sure I say? Right am I the smartest person the in the room? If I am, I'm in the wrong room. So I yeah. bought him guys who were smarter than me. Now, and, uh, and that's, on, that, on this note, real quick, for yeah. those that are interviewing for a job, if you say this, this is one of the reasons I got turned down at a job one time. I go, 
you know, I'm not really the smartest guy in the room. I like to build a team around me. And they're like, mm, we're looking for the smartest guy in the room. And they, anyways, that was one of the last jobs I interviewed for. It was, it was awesome. But when I, I, when, when I stepped okay. into entrepreneurship, right, yeah. and I looked back, yeah. I realized I always thought I was just a bad employee. Yeah, It wasn't that I was a bad employee. I just hadn't taken my entrepreneur you know, persona out into the market. I had to yeah. come out of the closet. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, having that team around us is the critical piece for sure. Man, that's awesome though. The way you, you know, kind of really built an amazing team around you to go do mm. something bigger than you would have been able to do on your own. For sure. Which is exactly what we're doing in syndication. So yeah. we're pulling capital together and we're buying something bigger than what we would have been able to buy on our own or yeah. investing in something that we would have, I, you know, I'll say me personally, and probably most of our investors, they would not be able to buy a 10, 20, you guys are probably buying 50 or hundred million dollar deals on your own. But all of a mm -hmm. sudden now we leverage this relationship as a currency kind of mindset yeah. in our investing. And so you as a business owner and entrepreneur, but also our passive investors, people that oh, have sure. already worked yes. hard, they've already done their hard work to create yeah. the seed capital. And now they can leverage the relationship that they have with us and use mm. that as a currency. So mm. maybe let's talk about this because I have a feeling all of our active investors got a lot of nuggets throughout this whole conversation. Sure. If we can, let's shift for a couple more minutes while I have you. A yeah. passive investor that works, you know, in this space has never really done it. You know, yeah. I've got hundred K 200 K or maybe I have my half million dollar portfolio, but you know, it's all tied up in stocks right now. It's all tied mm -hmm. up in you know, area. And I've never done this before. Maybe give them a little bit of nuggets or insight on like just how to even start. Yeah. That's such a question as well. Look, the passive investor, the first thing I say in any forum is you're not really investing in the real estate. You're investing in the team, right? Mm -hmm. You're investing in the company. Do they have, and I say story in a sense of positivity, not negativity. Does the story make sense? Does the company make sense? Are its principles people that you can resonate with? Because, you know, life is a lot more than the bottom right-hand corner of a spreadsheet, right? So number one, as the passive investor, are you investing with people that you like? And is their business model something that makes sense to you? If you can tick those two boxes, then start looking at what is the execution of their business plan? How long is my capital going to work? Do I want to do it myself? I always ask them that, first of all, what is your education level as a passive investor? Because the higher educated you are as a passive investor, the better a passive investor you are, the better our relationship is going to be yeah. GP. Right, GP and yeah, LP positioning. Yeah, I love the investors that you are, know that have already you done the work, the yeah. diligence, so yeah. easy and smooth. Right, they already right. know what we're yeah. about, with the market, yeah. with the deals, and it's yeah. like, okay, I'd like to move forward. Like, okay, great. And then after that, the mechanics of the deal are always very important. Now, no offense to anybody, and I don't know how you structure your deals. I'm just talking from my no, standpoint. Please, please give us your look, man. When when I start, we can learn yeah. from. <laughs> when I started in this business. I started looking at the PPMs of my competitors, right? The private placement memorandum, which for education purposes is nothing more than the business plan, right? That's yeah. really what it is. So I started looking at the PPMs and then the economics of these PPMs and an LP and a GP position, and then the capital flow and how it worked back to the LP. 
Yep. There was preferred rates of return, six, seven, eight percent. Yep. Then there was a split after that. And then they'd start these waterfalls. And, mm. you know, once we got to this point, it's an 80-10, an 80-20. Yeah. Then it's a 90-10. But if we meet this benchmark, there's a buyback over here. And the Moodle, I started seeing these shells moving around in my mind on a PPM. And I went, yeah. that's way too confusing. So for the passive investor, if it is confusing, it can potentially be confusing for a reason. Mm-hmm, so what mm-hmm. we did was, was we went in there and we said, how can we keep it clean? How can we keep it fair and equitable? So for the passive investors who work with us, I just put it out there to them. And I said, look, we'll give you a preferred rate of return. Sometimes we do syndicated deals one at a time. But if I talk about our fund structure, it's a 6% preferred rate of return. And at that moment in time, we go straight into a 75-25. Mm-hmm, 75% of the cash flow over that 6% is targeted out to the LPs, 25 to us as the operators. So if I don't do a good job, I don't get paid, number mm-hmm. one. And then number yeah. two, the equity disposition on the back end, same thing, nice and clean, 75-25. So what does that mean? That means is you now have, as a passive investor, a team, a yeah. team of professionals with a track record that is going to go out and do all the work. And all they want is 25% of the profits. Mm -hmm. And then the LPs can take that 75% of the profit. So I liked that. It made sense to me. My blue collar mind went, all right, I can wrap my head around that. It's not highfalutin finance. But for the passive investor, I always say to him this, do you understand the velocity of capital and the rule of 72? Yeah, I talk about this all the time. I talk about the rule of 72, Dave. Come on, man. Come on, man. Rule of 72. If you're in a CD, a certificate of death, earning 1%, it's going to take 72 years for your money to double. I don't know about you. I don't have enough time, right? So I I like velocity of capital. I like velocity of capital. So when we start looking at, you know, multiples in our business, three to five years, we target out at least a 2x, Mm 2.4. You know, Mm -hmm. some of our more aggressive deals have a 3x on them. So 3x, three times, get your money back plus another double, right? Plus doubling that back. You put 100 grand in, in three years, five years, you get your 100 grand back plus 200 grand. I don't know about you, brother. I wasn't seeing that in a bond market, all right? I wasn't getting that in the bond market. So I always say challenge the velocity of capital, challenge the information that your financial planner gives you. When your accountant says it's way too risky, that's because the accountant never had the balls to do it themselves, okay? Yeah, yeah. We know that real estate is the number one tax shelter out there other than dealing drugs. So, you know, it's, it's a really powerful financial vehicle to get money working with velocity, with speed, which is really what money wants to do at the end of the day, I think, right? Yeah. Money yeah. hates sitting still, man. It hates it. It cries. Yeah, it withers pain. away. It withers. Right. It's, it's right. just like your muscles. If, yeah. you, if you don't work yeah. them out, it's going right. to deteriorate slowly. Yeah. Yeah. And unless yeah. you put them to work, it's not yeah. it's not going to grow. You know, yeah. so, yeah. so uh, this velocity simple. of money mindset yeah. is perfect because and the risk conversation that you mentioned. So if you have a licensed professional, mm-hmm. someone who's got some certifications and some letters behind their name, for some reason, the average everyday person starts to say, oh, you must know what's going on. Right. You have, you know, XYZ certification, you've been trained in money and you know how it works. Tell me what to do. But just because they have those letters behind their name does not mean that they've made their money work more than you can make your money work. Right. In fact, you know, a lot of times it's 
I have a lot of those individuals that are like, you know what? I didn't know you could do this. I didn't know you could accelerate your depreciation. I didn't know you can have a loss that provides on paper that negates all of your taxes. And I've never seen someone do it the way you guys are doing it. And I'm like, well, I thought you were the trained professional. You know, if you've never heard about something or if they don't teach them that in class or school or the, you know, the spots that they get it, then you don't know about that. They may know the, oh, I have velocity of money. Uh, If I make 16, it's going to grow faster than if I put it to work at 12. But where do we find the investments that can bring a good yield and also provide a good tax deduction? And that's what a lot of passive investors are finding out like, man. Which, look, man, and here's the truth of the matter. It's almost been a secret. You know what I'm saying? Like what we do has been pigeonholed for the elite for generations. My partner, Walter, says the deals that we do are the deals that used to go down on the 10th hole of the golf course. Yeah, right? they were the country the guys, club deals. Country mm-hmm. club deals, right? And for us today, we're able to pull back the curtain a little bit and educate, yeah. show them simple underwriting. What is a cap rate? What is a cash on cash return? What is an IRR? What is an equity multiple? What's the underlining underwriting that brings that kind of quality of investment to the marketplace? Yeah. Who is your property management team? Are they in-house or are they not in-house? What's mm-hmm. your accounting team like? What's your legal team look like? I always say this to my passive investors. Go ask your financial advisor what cost segregation is and what does it mean to the bottom line on a real estate transaction in a commercial world based off of the CapEx improvements. Yeah, and they go, yeah, what? Wait yeah. a minute, let me take some notes. Yeah, right? yeah. They, Tell me what to say again. What, what ask, them that, this. What that? ask them this. If they don't know what that is, I I can recommend somebody that does. So what? You know what I'd end up doing? I'd end up inviting their financial planner onto a Zoom call. Bring that's, them on, and we'll, we'll have we'll have a conversation. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what I don't know. You go do the stock market. You go play in that sandbox. It's not mine. But let me just show you some of the benefits of my side, right? Some yeah, of the advantages yeah. that we have, right? accelerated depreciate. What would it be like if you could make $65,000 in one year on a real estate transaction and have $85,000 worth of write-offs? I don't know. What would that be like? I'm not saying that's possible. I'm not your accountant. I'm not your attorney. I'm not giving anybody any financial or legal advice and I will meet all SEC compliance. But what would it be like if you could do that? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it, man, because there are people that are out there that, you know, their expense to income ratio on their tax bracket is pretty substantial that they get to live in a pretty cool world. So I think everybody deserves it who can, but you got to ask the questions, right? Yeah. You got to ask. If you don't ask, you don't know. And some of us don't know even those right questions to ask. So the people that are listening right now, you know, you, there's some key components, accelerated depreciation, cost segregation studies, asking about the velocity of money, the rule of 72. You've already come this far. So if you're listening or watching, You've right. come this far. You're like 45 minutes into it. Don't Take quit. Those notes. Yeah, don't <laughs> quit. Go back to it. Go to Google, the Google machine. Start asking and looking at these questions. And then that's where you start to learn. You get connected with people like Dave. You get connected with us. And what we're doing is we're learning ourselves. We're applying, implementing. And so we've seen it work with you know hundreds and probably Dave into the thousands of investors. And you just kind of reapply it over and over and over again. And you kind of keep current with the current tax laws and leverage how we can. And that's it. That's really it. Yeah. Yeah. We simplify all of those processes. Our investors come into an investor portal. They can see exactly where the capital is, where it's working. Their K1 distributions at the end of the year are auto-generated. I mean, you make it easy. All right. You make make it easy. easy. And here's, I don't know how you feel about this, Abel, but for me, 
I always want to remove excuses because in life, people are doing one or two things. They're either making progress or they're not. It's yeah. as simple as that, right? There's yeah. either forward motion and application or there isn't. And for some reason, a lot of people will talk a good game about stepping into action and then they parallel, right? Left, right, left, right, left, right. And really, they're not going anywhere. And unfortunately, a lot of people go backwards. So will you make progress or will you make excuses? That's yeah. what I tell them. So we remove those. No, it's too hard to understand. No, it's not. Go through this five-step series, yeah. right? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, if you make it easy for them, then you're not pushing a donkey up a hill, like I said. You're really supplying a fantastic service, which is velocity at capital, which is a rarity in most other investment vehicles in the marketplace. So, you know, Boom. guys like us get that cover, brother. Ba-boom. Boom. All right. Well, Dave, it's been amazing. Let me make sure, you know, we tell our listeners and our watchers where they can connect with you. If they want to learn more, they want to dig into your world, they want to invest, whatever it is, where should they reach out to you? Yeah, I'm old school, brother. You can pick up the telephone. You can dial 781-922-4418. That's a direct line to my team, my assistant. I'm the CEO that wants to connect with all of the investors. I don't sit somewhere else in a glass office somewhere. Freedomventure.com, www.freedomventure.com. You'll learn about our fund structure, our build for rent structure, some sidecar syndicated deals that we have in contract right now that we're raising for. So there's an opportunity there. And if you just want to go email, go at info at freedomventure.com, info at freedomventure.com. But look, I'm not going to take your money unless you know what you're doing, right? Bring yourself up the gradient, compare what we do to maybe some of your other experiences. And it's a relationship business, bro. It really is. It's a relationship business. So I like new friends. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, Dave. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, you know, hanging out with you. And as we've covered a number of topics, discussions, mm-hmm. really helpful, I think, for our listeners and for us. Is there anything we haven't covered Anything you were hoping I asked about, just didn't get to, you know, anything at all, man. Look, man, for me, uh, we're stewards of other people's capital. So I enforce, reinforce, double enforce due diligence, due diligence. That investor out there, whether it's a family office, small institution, retail investor, do your due diligence. Really understand the company, their philosophies, their execution, their disposition, how they operate. And if that due diligence feels right, then step into it. You know, I always talk about that. The market is a little crazy right now, okay? And there's guys out there that have already, you know, compressed the cap rates in the marketplace, therefore creating difficult yield hunting scenarios. So, you know, we just double down our efforts to supply. So I would say be careful in the marketplace. Don't buy on appreciation that isn't there. Buy on actual numbers and, you know, execute appropriately. There's still plenty of inventory out there that can be bought right. Don't get forced into a position where you're going to buy wrong. And the last thing I'll leave you with is this. You don't have to know everything before you do something. Okay. All right. All right. Don't overanalyze. Yes. Yeah. That's probably the best little nugget I could, I could leave you with. I love it. I love it. Yep. You don't have to know everything to move forward and take some action. The path right. will start to become yeah. a little less foggy as you're walking down it. You know, yeah, if the fog's sure. around it, it'll start yeah. to lift. So. Man, Dave, this has been awesome. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for giving back and, you know, just everything that you do, man. God bless you, your business, your company, your investors, all the stuff that you're doing, brother. Back at you, man. Thank you. All right. This is Abel Pacheco. We're signing off on the Five Towns Podcast. If you like what you heard today, 
I would encourage you, please go to our podcast, like it, subscribe it, leave a written review, hit Dave up, tell him you heard us here. That would bless me as well. And look forward to connecting with you. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.